Many people have problems with art and not with reality. So what is art different? It's pretty simple, right? This is knowledge, this is thinking, this is thought. Yeah, it does something strange with your head. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. Bring it. Welcome to the Undergang Armchair. My name is Ando, at least for the moment. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show, the show where every few months I talk about all the changes we need to make and then nothing really seems to happen. <laughs> this seems especially to come about when I'm busy with my life as an artist, my side job, so to speak. The reality is, is that I'm constantly making improvements to the show, but there still is the need to introduce some larger improvements and adjustments here to the program. I will be implementing a plan we are making right now in the fall, but for the moment, there's only one small change to share. But first, let me introduce today's guest, Anas Reventlow. He is really the perfect guest to go along with announcing changes around here. He's also the first guest on who I've met actually through the show. He is an unusually engaged fellow, and you know I meet a lot of engaged folks. And it's been a while since he reached out to me as a listener of the program, but since meeting him, I found out that he is, probably by no coincidence, a talented and demanding artist. I also found he has a really interesting backstory. He works harder than just about any artist I've ever met, and that's saying a lot. And he seems to retain an unflaggingly positive attitude throughout. He's a teacher. He runs an independent art space. He's a father. speaks Portuguese. He's an artist. He does just about everything except for sleep, probably. But I'll let him tell you about the rest of the story. It is a good one. This conversation is a little bit on the long side, so I've split it into two episodes. You can look forward to part two next week. All right, so the astute listener might have picked up that I'm saying I rather than we. After years of fighting to remain anonymous as the host of this program, I am giving up the ghost on this one. It actually takes a ton of work to stay vigilant, and to remind people to call me Ando, to not use my name online, and it's just becoming harder and harder to keep my life as an artist and as a podcaster separated. The whole reason I am anonymous as the host of this show is to keep it from being too self-promotional, but it's just too much work. So, that being said, I'm still going to refrain from using my name on the show, but I'm no longer going to try to keep it out of other people's mouths. This is, by no coincidence, also connected to the fact that I'm going to be both showing artwork as an artist and working as a podcaster and a moderator at the Copenhagen Photo Festival. So if you want to know who I am, that's where you can start looking. I don't actually know if anybody gives a fuck, but I thought I would update you. Good? Good. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you the first part of my talk with the multi-talented Anas Reventlow. Been, uh, we've been talking about it for months. Yeah. So it finally worked out. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and that goes, uh, in a way, goes back to what we were talking about earlier, just before we got in here, about uh, about having to do it yourself. You know, having yeah, yeah. to, uh, to just true. fucking, uh, you know, if you're bored or you think you live in a boring place or you think there's nothing to do, just to... It's your own fault. 
I think we just got the name of this episode already. <laughs> it's called It's Your Own Fault. <laughs> but I mean that. Uh, yeah, no, totally. I agree. But it's totally a personality thing, too. You know, there's people yeah, out there who are like, I need uh, I need input. I need creativity. I need yeah, this. And that. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm, pre- I'm getting more and more cynical. <laughs> or or realistic, however you yeah, want to put I, it. I, I think I'll, I'll become more and more realistic. Yeah. Actually. But I mean, that's uh, it, it's an interesting topic because it does go back to what we were talking about, about Denmark and about how... Uh, you know, some people might say there isn't no much going on here. And there is, uh, you know, oh, fuck, you know, I need to move to Berlin. I need to move to Copenhagen. Yeah. I need to blah, blah, blah. Or sorry, not Copenhagen. Uh, New York, uh, London. Because that's where the real shit's happening. Yeah. You know, but it may be just because you like getting drunk. Yeah, yeah, party a lot. And you don't have your imagination to create things on your own. Because all the people that you would like to hang out with in New York or Berlin or whatever, they are the people who are actually doing stuff themselves. Right. And it goes back to the fact that no matter what, like, you know, people get into art because maybe they're fundamentally lazy or they don't want an office job or, yeah. I mean, I'm being totally tongue in cheek here, but you know, there's some sort of uh, idea that like, oh yeah, the artist life, you don't think, you don't imagine usually the person who works 12 hour days and then eats a single rye bread sandwich and then passes out and then no, does it again not. every day. <laughs> you think of the guy smoking long cigarettes at the cafe with a beret and, yeah. uh, you know. I've never had that illusion, really. Never? Never? never. Huh. When I was at the academy, people were starting, we were, when we were slacking at the end, people were starting to think, talk about, like, with panic in their eyes, fuck, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I was thinking to myself, what do they mean? All right. You're going to make before some art, you asshole. Here, before I went here... I was totally active graffiti painter and painted every day almost for 10 years. Yeah. Financially supported by only me. Yeah. Had a day job only to do that. So it's just the same thing. Yeah. Basically. Well, that basically means you came into the game with a very clear knowledge of how shit works. In a way, I mean, no, not really. I didn't uh, know how the artwork worked. No, but the fact that you have to support yourself and you have to work every day. You know, and yeah. everything else comes from that. Yeah, I discovered that. Yeah. That I knew that before. Yeah. I discovered that, whoa, this is maybe what it's about. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's just, you know, that's just what, it, what it's going to be. Yeah. Now it's just art, now the focus is different. But where did it, Where you know, you told me earlier, you grew up a little bit outside of uh, a, a medium-sized town in Jutland, yeah, Lila. Um, and you started painting graffiti well before you started thinking about art, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, did that come from watching Wild Style, or did that come no, from... No, not really. It, first of all, it came from uh, having a cousin that I looked up to. Everything he, he did, I did. What's that guy's name? His, uh, guy's, uh, his name is Boris. Shout out to Boris. Uh, shout out to Boris. <laughs> He's actually the starting point. Shout out to my cousin Boris. Yeah. Uh, he was skating, so I skated. Uh-huh. Then at some point, he said to me, you need to have a tech. It's cool. I can, I can name like, okay. Then I did that. When it when it worked. When it was period, about right? in 1996. Yeah. Yeah. I was around 12 years old. Uh-huh. And then I did that. And then I started to write my initials uh-huh. around town with a small pen. And I had no clue about what graffiti was about or nothing. No historical No context, historical reference. I only did it because he said I should do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I mean, way before all that, I've been drawing my whole life. Mm-hmm. And always been this nerdy kind of kind of person who always sat alone my 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 uh, 
And mother was afraid that I didn't have any friends and stuff because I actually just liked to be alone. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's what that was my uh, like angle to it. And then at some point, I tripped over a book called uh, Graffiti in Denmark, where I discovered, whoa, they, these guys are drawing their names all over, and they're also saying this is a tech, and this is what it's about. It's about being good at something. It's about being the best. I can mm-hmm. read in this book. Mm-hmm. It's a book called yeah, Graffiti in Denmark, Graffiti Denmark, and it's written by Rasmus Poulsen. The guy who's now known as Raskapinge. Oh, yeah, the musician. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and it's really good. It's the best book about uh, Danish graffiti ever. Okay, it's so uh, like it's really, really, a really, really good book. He wrote it when he was nineteen years old or something. Graffiti in Denmark. Yeah, it's it's out of uh, libraries and everything. Mm-hmm. If you get a copy, you're really lucky. Mm-hmm. But um, in that book, I really like. Whoa, this is what it's all about. And uh, then I just really continued. Then I really got into it and started to draw and, and started to copy all those things that I saw in the book. Right. And then you had some sort of context, some sort of uh, something to, to compare to. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, then I had something to compare to. Then me and my friend that I skated with at the same time, we started to like read that book over and over and over and over again. Mm. Read, 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 da, 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 and follow it like a Bible. Totally. Did you uh, get into the internet at that point and seeing no, like no. what was out there? No, no, it was before the internet. It was before I had internet. It was before it was normally had to have internet where I was from. Right. Yeah, because that was, uh, I know some people started uh, or at least became involved in a community when it became apparent that there was some sort of online space. Yeah, but for we, sharing. We, we, were, we had no idea. It was just years later where the internet started. We just started to, um, like, okay, we, we read in this small uh, book. That it that it was important to go out if you were from a small city because especially uh, an interview with two guys that's called CMP and Spin CMP Spin mm-hmm. they were from Nestville and in Denmark another small town another small town yeah. and we could read that they were uh, the only two guys in their town we read that oh okay we are also just like us just like us <laughs> oh it's crazy. And uh, they said, you know, it was a good thing that we came from a small city. They were saying that. And all those things, we like really, we, we ate it up raw, yeah. all the things that they said, these two guys. Because yeah. we could really identify with it. And that made us go to, for example, Middelfart. Because, the, okay, what is the next big city? What is the next city next to it? And this was also just a really crappy small city. Right. And uh, made, went to Kalingen for this and all those small cities around Weile. But I bet you started seeing the two guys who were there. Yeah, yeah. And then we started to to see uh, and meet uh, different other people, and just we were just taking places to see. We had no clue what we were looking for. Just take the train and go, yeah. and then walk around and like, whoa, that's some graffiti. You know, it was crazy, but we just like, whoa, that's something that is not ourselves. Did you share this with your parents at all? Or was no, it no, all it was totally totally secret. We uh-huh. snuck out the window in the night and everything. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, it uh-huh, was horrible. Uh huh. Really, really horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, well, I didn't share it at all before I was. Uh, Busted the first time. Then they uh, discovered, and then, oh, we're not angry. We're disappointed. Uh, 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 all that. Dad's stuff. not angry. He's disappointed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> driving around in the neighborhood and pointing out everything that I did. It was everything. Oh wow. <laughs> oh boy. That was not good. Yeah. But it was nobody was ever like involved with, uh, in it. Uh, we 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 got easily around it in a way. It's such a weird thing. I it, also, wasn't, it wasn't really anything. You know, yeah. It was really small stuff. Right. It was really like child child play at that right, time. you hadn't completely covered a train. No, no, not at all. We were so small that it was yeah. like one year or two years after we started, we got like discovered by our parents, and we haven't even started yet. We yeah. haven't really started at all. Yeah, it's such a weird thing getting uh, getting busted at that age. I think I got caught around the age of twelve breaking windows at the school. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, 
it's such a heavy feeling. You think the world's going to end. Yeah, totally. And then sometime later, you're like, wait, nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, kind of a weird awakening about the world. For me, it was really positive, actually, because uh, finally I didn't have to hide anything anymore. Yeah. I finally didn't have to throw everything out the second I have drawn something. You were out of the graffiti closet. I was closet. so, so paranoid. Mm. Like if I sat down, in, if I sat inside my room and draw a graffiti sketch, I looked at it and threw it out immediately. Wow! <laughs> because I was so afraid of my mother and my parent, and it didn't make any sense because you know I hadn't really done anything yet. I just knew that there was something wrong about this, right? Anyway. And it was transgressive, and it was against the system. Yeah, yeah, in some that. weird, weird way. It yeah. was so horrible. And then it was really like, whoa! Now I don't have to re- uh, hide anything. So I can only imagine that you did not fit in. Uh, at school so much no not really and even before uh, i was into the graffiti thing that which was or skating which was a cool thing to be inside i was the, the nerdiest guy yeah i was into uh, warhammer and all that stuff and just sit and and drew and really painted a lot of warhammer yeah yeah, figures. yeah. that was the, the really the, the thing i was so much into gives you good attention to detail yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and, I, and the only thing i was really interested in in the warhammer thing was really painting the small miniature figures and building them myself mm. and building all the things around it i was totally uninterested in playing the game right so and the so boring and, yeah. yeah totally boring i was just interested in in painting the figures right. and the miniatures and all that Right, which shows uh, an interest in the ha- you know the handwork. And yeah, the, yeah, and exactly. The, yeah, and that that went well together with the drawing, mm. which I was always doing. So, how did you make the switch from being someone who was interested in drawing and graffiti and um, vandalism to um, that being some sort of educational path? It was when I um, after after school. Yeah, which is ninth grade, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I went to after school, and at that place, I realized that the only thing I didn't want to do was when uh, go to the gymnasium. Right, which is the high school here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, then I went to the gymnasium. Okay, yeah. and you were like, "Great, I hate this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and because uh, that was the only thing to do, right? You were encouraged to do so. Everyone said, "This is the right choice. This is the." Direction. I mean, there were no other directions. I mean, I have no idea what what I should do. Right, because I mean. I was good in uh, language uh, classes. Uh, I got zero zero in all mathematics. I'm um, what do you call it? Number blind. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a word. <laughs> Dyslexic for numbers. Uh, yeah, like yeah. That, yeah. I can't make two and two together. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, I don't know why, but I ended up in the gymnasium anyway. And at that pl- at that point, I started to slack for the first time in my life. Right. I started to skip school. Mm-hmm. With my mother's approval, I asked her the first time I skipped school, "Mother, can I skip? Can I skip school?" And she said, "Yeah, you can. You don't want to be there. It's okay." Wow! <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a door she opened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. She have always been hundred percent supportive in anything. That's and, good. Uh, yeah, that's really good. Thank you, mother. <laughs> mm. Shout out to your mother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, then she was at some point. But what do you want to do? Right, you got to do something. Yeah, what do if you don't want to be here? What do you want to do? Do you want to like take a technical exam, or what do you want to do? Right. And then I said, after some some thought, I said to myself and to her, I want to do something creative in a way because mm-hmm. that's the only thing I do. Did it anyway. occur to you that there was such a thing as art school? Not really, yeah. not at that point. I thought to myself because of all the interviews I've read with former graffiti writers or graffiti writers that I looked up to, they were all like in the commercial business. So I thought that whoa, that would be cool. 
It's, it's probably just sitting down and drawing graffiti all the time. Advertising. That's, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's what I imagined. Like, it's probably just sitting down at the table and just drawing graffiti constantly. <laughs> like, okay, that's what I want to do. You know? That's probably a helpful thing to imagine at the point. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then uh, at some point I went to the um, student counselor and said to them that, okay, I want to drop out. I want to go to a design school or the art academy, mm. I said to them. Mm-hmm. And they their response, his response was, That's the most horrible idea I've ever heard in my life. Quote, end, end quote. <laughs> no shout out to that guy. No, no, no shout out to that guy. And, <laughs> and he said, it's a talent uh, competition. Uh, you will never make it. Uh, why, what are you, how can you even imagine that you can enter such a path in your life? Because It's there funny is he's no, right and completely wrong yeah, yeah, at totally. the same time. It is a talent competition, yeah, but who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? And I said, yeah, but I think I can do that. Yeah. I said to him. I think I can do that totally. I'm I'm into it. I I, I will do that. Mm. Let's see. That's good because he happens. may have talked you out at that point, and right now you'd be uh, I don't know what would you be a plumber? Uh, I don't know. I have actually no idea. Maybe I uh, no idea. Yeah, basically not. No idea at all. But you stuck with it. I stuck with it. And, and then uh, what? Is it started? You have to start applying then. Then I used the next three years to make a long story really short, mm. and I used the next three years um, on. Preparing, I'm preparing schools uh, that prepared people, young people, uh, for either design school or art academies. And at that point, where I actually thought to myself that I wanted to go into the design school, mm-hmm. and I were preparing application, and then I went to like an open house at the design school in Culling, and everything in in me just turned. I was just like, "What the fuck? This looks like a gymnasium." It looks right. Horrible. This looks like what the fuck? It, I was this trying this to get looks away like from. a school. This looks like a school. I hate this place. I don't want to be, have anything to do with this. Just want to get the fuck out of here. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was so horrible to be there. <laughs> and I just, I didn't even want to apply anymore. And I, right. I just like made this really crabby uh, application. Right. And then the teachers there said, yeah, but what do you want to do then? Mm, what other opportunities are there? Mm. Well, what about the art academy? Like, whoa, the art yeah. academy. Okay, yeah, okay. And then I went to the Jotland Art Academy to see that uh, at an open house there. And they also had um, one week which was in the name of uh, graffiti, actually. Uh-huh. They had a one week uh, which focused on things uh, they called Uro in the Ah, yeah, how would we translate that? Yeah. Uh, disturbances in the uh, public, public space, space yeah. yeah. And that was a, a week with talks, mainly talks and workshops with, at that time, an unknown who's been down. And... Uh, And uh, uh, Itzo and Adams and uh, a lot of people. These are big names. Right These now. are big names, and at that time they were like totally underground. Wow! And, yeah, and I went there to see that, and I was sitting inside this uh, classroom or this this place they call special laboratory for um, art mm-hmm. at the Jordan Academy. Mm-hmm. It was there. I was there every day for a week. I just sat there. It was just quiet and just sucked into me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is this? This mm-hmm. is the place I want to be. And it was arranged by a guy called Jan Danebul, which I also looked really much up to at that point. Because when I saw his graffiti at the time, I was like, okay, this is a direction I want to go in. Yeah. Because I actually thought at some point uh, in the graffiti uh, career, the graffiti game with my friend, we always thought to ourselves and took it really, really seriously what we were reading in these uh, magazines. We took it like the truth. Maybe a bit too much, but uh, they were saying, all the people that we were reading about, it's about making your own style. It's about standing out. It's about all these things. 
But our conclusion was everything looks the same in a way. You know, it's the same. We have these magazines and on the same page, hundreds of images have the same bubble background, have the same effects, have the same, all that stuff. And I know where it comes from. I know it comes from all that New York and uh, tradition and all that stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, 40 years. It's fairly derivative. 40 yes. years. Yeah, yeah. In, in, at that point, I was, we were like that. And then all of a sudden, we saw these guys like Dice and Danable and uh, different other people who were, and also Husminan and d- these guys that were trying to do something else. And we were like, whoa. We want to do something else. You know, mm-hmm. we want to do something that nobody else does. Right. And that was that gave us a lot of hassle. We we got um, harassed in the graffiti game. And really? We were, yeah, yeah, we were. We, it's the most conservative place you can ever be. Uh, outstanding. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, these people who are trying to like, uh, you know, it's so rule bound. Yeah, you, you have no, you have no idea. Like, if you From do something, one hierarchy else, to another. Totally. And it was really like standing in the wall and trying to do something that didn't look like all the other things we, then we got uh, accused and all and of, of course we were really inspired by the guys we saw of course mm. but we were like oh you're biting you're copying all those guys oh go home you fucking art gaze and people were like pushing us at some point and really <laughs> aggressive and that was so that, that just gave us more like um, if, if you say in Danish more blood on the teeth yeah, you, know, yeah, you, yeah. you, you get more uh, angry and yeah. be like okay Fuck yeah. you. Now it's on. Now it's on. Yeah. You know, we, we are actually making something. Uh, we are actually make, making people aware of ourselves. Right. We're, we're not just blending in. We're right. doing something that people uh, like hate. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Because we come from a small city where everybody hated us anyway. Because we were either skaters, we were the nerds, or we were everything. Yeah. Or the grown-up hated us because we broke windows or whatever. Yeah. It was just perfect that, that we got so much anger out of it. So that fit re- really much into the idea of making the change into art in a way. Was that in Aarhus? No, uh, that yeah, that was uh, all around Denmark where we went. Okay. People uh, trashed our stuff, and uh, and we also painted a lot. It was the only thing we did, so we were visible. Yeah. Uh, also, yeah. we were really painted a lot, but everybody hated our stuff in mm. in the community, or a lot of people did. But um, yeah. So and, did you apply to the art school then? I applied for the art school in 2002 the first time when I was really young, 17. Yeah. And uh, I think so. And then apply, apply and got uh, like uh, really, really, it was really bad application. It was yeah. horrible. <laughs> thank thank horrible. you, but no thank you. Yeah, it was horrible. Really horrible. Yeah, that's how those, that's like you know, red, you red, 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 red on everything. You have to, you have to send those away. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and, and I, I remember when I picked them up, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was so angry. I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Why didn't I come in? It was so good what I've done. You know, yeah. I was so uh, pissed yeah. and young and stupid. Yeah. That's part of the thing that's necessary about art, though. You have to be able to, whenever you're working on something, think it's worth it. Yeah, and yeah. And eventually be able to look back and go, oh, right, that didn't work for this, 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 and yeah, this it, reason. It was so bad. It was horrible. <laughs> it was really horrible. But you have to be able to recognize that. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. But you also have to recognize that what you're doing now is the best thing you've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Quote, yeah, unquote. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, or whatever the fuck. It can always know. be better. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and then in two th- then I went to a, a, another school called Byhaskolen in mm. uh, Aarhus. And that was actually the place where I really got into thinking artistically if you can say that or mm-hmm. thinking about art I, and actually started uh, to crack my really really hard uh, skull open yeah at that point before i went to that school i thought to myself and i don't know where it came from 
I thought to myself that I was that I needed to do some photorealistic airbrush shit. Mm. It was horrible. Mm. And I sat down. Some like L.A. 1980s, uh, you know, I mean, low you know, style. After photo, like painting an after right. after photo with black and white spray paint. Right. And then I applied to this school that is a really like hardcore uh, preparation for the academy. Mm-hmm. And they asked me this guy called Jan Sander, which is still at that school. The school still exists. And it's really famous for getting people into the academy. What's it called? It's called Byhøjskolen in Aarhus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He said, what do you want? said, I want to go to the academy. Okay. When? In six months. Okay. We can do that. He said. And then uh, I was happy and started uh, at the school. And then he cracked me. Totally. Mm-hmm. He fucked me up. Yeah. And I'm still traumatized by it. <laughs> but I, I really like him. But I'm really, really traumatized in a way. But it's a good thing. Yeah. And the thing I think about the most when I'm thinking about like um, where I've learned the most maybe in a way it's actually at that starting point where it really like it really entered me like okay and he literally destroyed my works it takes a good teacher often. every day he destroyed uh, he at some point he literally took my paintings and threw them on the ground and stepped on them and wow said, he did that at, the pres- at presentations because every day we had presentations what right, we were doing it, right. it's basically a big studio where all the students are sitting and then maybe there were like some kind of a lecture uh, every Friday and then there were just like this like studio round where you okay talk about your work mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing yeah like uh, uh, you know right learning how to even yeah, yeah. formulate yeah, your yeah. thoughts uh, about it I'm painting something <laughs> and you know and just by, by if you just said uh, or whatever you know he just looked at you and just like at some point just threw my painting wow. on the ground and he stepped on wow that's pretty harsh said, this is what it's worth wow and he's right, but that's a pretty harsh way of, uh, of yeah, yeah, going about it. Totally. And I cried every day. I cried. Wow. I was so devastated. You were literally so in tears. Yeah, totally. I was wow. literally in tears. My mother still laughs about it because I came home every day from school, and I was like, oh, "He's destroying my paintings!" <laughs> and totally, I was so so miserable. What do you think kept you there? Why didn't you quit? I wanted to do it. That's. I mean, that's a lot of um, pain yeah. to go through. Yeah. I, I was totally. I wanted to do this. I think that's pretty rare to be able to uh, to take it uh, that you know heavily and keep yeah. going. Yeah. Because I, uh, you know, I, I, no one ever stepped on my works, but I went to art school. <laughs> You're lucky. <laughs> as far as I know, uh, but I went to art school. You know, and critiques can be fairly rough. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm just lucky. I'm the type of person who can step away. From the work enough yeah. that I can take a good a good pounding and still be intact as a person, mm. you know. And and you know, I also really listen to other people. Yeah. But had I been a different personality type, I, I saw it happen all the time. People there couldn't take it, yep. you know, or were just not very good at formulating their ideas, and so also gotten a lot of trouble critique wise because they couldn't really articulate what no, it is. No, you know, no. you have to learn how to be able yeah, to talk about it yeah, yeah. or else you're going to get hammered. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I just count myself as lucky yeah. that I was able to do that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, props to you for being able to, uh, to just stick with it. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really hard. And, but it, I mean, maybe it was also a really good thing because at one point I just, at one point where he stopped doing it, I sat and shaked. Right. It's like, okay. The biggest victory in the like, world. Oh, no, I sat and shaked. And then I was like, okay, showing the newest thing. Like, right. Okay. Show the, uh, and I showed this, the, a painting. And the only thing he just said, he just looked at it like in 10 seconds, just said, continue. 
that was the only comment and I was like Whoa! and I just continued and just continued right, and then the next the page was like that's good and then continue continue right. continue and, you know that, that was just a cr- uh, critique after all the after like breaking me down totally right right and right. I, I basically started to express my feelings basically through the painting and right. I've never done that before and right. I actually started to express my hate towards him <laughs> It sounds like some samurai shit. It was some ninja so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Wash off, wash on, <laughs> yeah. all that shit. Did he? Did he do that to everybody, or did he look at you and say, "Here's a guy who needs to be broken down"? I think that I was a person at that school that really needed to be broken down. Okay, so he recognized the, that. Yeah, some of the other uh, people were really almost uh, are already in the, um, like in the in the. Uh, ways of more thinking in, in contemporary art mm-hmm. and had an idea about it, uh, what was going on and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, a th- I was a person that really needed, I was also really young. Mm. I mean, I was uh, 18 years old. It's funny, they don't have that system here, uh, or sorry, in the US, where they have these preparatory mm. schools for art academies. No. As far as I know, at least. No. And I think it's actually a tremendous thing because it kind of gets you set up for art school yeah, whereas maybe. people in the u.s come straight from high school into art school and have some of them have a really really hard time mm. uh, i was lucky that i did do some kind of exceptional preparatory work uh, a i went to a high school that had a really good program so i was very yeah. lucky and had a really good teacher there so i started that process then mm. uh, and i also went to a summer school but it was a very you know it was a thing that not very many people got to do um that's a, that's a really good system they have here, and they're private, right? Yeah, they're all private. Yeah, so you it's, it's a whole industry—not uh, industry, but it's a whole thing that has like arisen out of the desire to go to arts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, which is pretty pretty wild. But I mean, you also have to want to pay to go into that school, and right? They're maybe, not cheap. Maybe you say to maybe they say to you, it's a waste of time, you know. Right. We can't do it. You should they, be a cook. Yeah, for example. That's also good. I mean, that's actually really good preparing. It may way, save you a lot of pain yeah, later exactly. on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is a, you know, there's, there is an upside to quitting early. Yeah, often, yeah. Yeah, of course. If it's, but you you wanted to do it. And you I wanted that. to do it. That, that was actually the, uh, yeah, yeah, now I'm told I have some different points. But I think that was actually the point where I, like, okay, now we're getting in some kind of direction. Right. And then I applied uh, and got in and at the Funeral Academy at the Jotland Academy. Mm-hmm. After I was at the, at the interview at the Jotland Academy, uh, my mother called and asked me how, was, how, was, how, how did it go. And I said it, go, it was really well and I think I had I have good chances after the interview. And then she said, and oh yeah, and there I've just received a letter from the Funeral Academy. Do you want me to open it? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course, open it. And then she opened it. And then I also got in the funeral before I even got the answer from the Jotland Academy. Mm-hmm. So that was like, okay, no matter what happens, I already got in. Mm-hmm. And then I got the letter from the Jotland Academy, and then I was also in there. And then I chose that. Why? Because of that week I have experienced. Uh, the graffiti thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, this is the place for me. I want to be here. They they have, um, they have in a way, maybe, maybe they're thinking, maybe I can learn something in a good direction or mm-hmm. something. And then... It started, and then I was devastated again. Yeah, totally. You know, there were, yeah, it was nothing like I've ever imagined. Now I've been in this vacuum for six months. Yeah. It was all about like just making and producing and totally focusing on getting in. But nobody prepares you for what is going to happen when you get in because nothing happens. <laughs> nothing. Ha- it's like winning in the computer game. 
you use your all your time on it, like all all the time, all the time, all the time. Then when you finally get through through the last most hard level, maybe you've used a year on it, then nothing happens. Right. Nobody says, "Well, yeah, maybe somebody says, oh, congratulations," but it's just like, well, you know, you feel like right. nothing really happens. That's intense. And then I got miserable again. <laughs> totally. I've heard that. that the and the learning process started. The schools here are very, very open. The art schools. Yeah, you know, you have totally. a lot of free time and you're on your own. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't go to any of those. I would have fallen the fuck apart. Yeah. I mean, but it also learns you, really. I think really think it learns you to... It really prepares you to what it will say to be an artist. Mm. Or to work when you come out. Because Just staring nobody, at the wall. Staring at the wall. And nobody's <laughs> asking you what you're doing. Nobody yeah. is coming to you and say, how's it going? Yeah. Nobody is caring anything about you. Mm. Only if you come to them. If mm-hmm. you come to the professors, it's your responsibility to make the appointment of the critiques. Mm. It's your responsibility to get up in the morning. They don't give a fuck if you're not there really, mm. basically. It, and it's really hard. That works for some people and probably doesn't work at all for others. Yeah, of course. I think I, I really mean that if you come unprepared in a way, like everybody does, but I mean, a lot of people really can fall out of it because yeah. if you don't have the discipline, you have to learn it yourself there. Yeah. And that's also, it's a five years. You really have to learn the discipline. In it's five a long years. fucking program. Yeah, it's a long program, but, you, but you're learning a lot. You're, you're really learning to, especially at the Jutland Academy because there are no money at all. Right. So if you want to do anything, you have to do anything, everything by yourself. Yeah. There's no material money. There's nothing. There's a studio and of course you get ISU. And then that's it. Good luck, kids. Go to the go to the classes. And I was also like really lost in the classes. I yeah. have not been in high school. I had no idea what they were talking about. It was there like, a lot of theory? Yeah, there was. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like if I look back now, I'm basically hundred percent theoretically educated. Mm. There's nothing like uh, workshops. Mm. Uh, there's, it, there's no practical work at all. Not at all. Weird. That's really weird. But that's because they don't have any money. So they have starting to focus, or they started, I guess it's just, I guess that they started to focus on, um, on okay, what can we do if we can't do this? Now we're focusing, focusing on theoretical workshops. Hmm. So there was a lot of talking, a lot of uh, discussing. And and for my part, a lot of sleeping in the classes because I was trying to concentrate so much. It was so much like, ah, oh, sitting right. and being 20 years old. Well, I mean, that's the thing about that sort of discussion. It's uh, It's not the practice of every artist no no exactly it's not you know and i didn't part of the reason this podcast exists was a desire to talk about art in a different way yeah i i do enjoy some theory i do engage with some theory but it has to be written with a certain amount of real world sense it cannot be an academic paper for academics oh no because i cannot i can't follow that discussion for whatever reason yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you know, I like, I understand some of the concepts, you know, some of the ideas if they're explained to me in real human terms. Yeah, yeah. But but the the fact that it's written in a way which only makes sense to people who a engage and b understand mm. that sort of language uh, seems very exclusionary and 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 not at all really truly intellectual anyways. Cuz you can make smart work. We all know fantastic intelligent artwork which is understandable by everybody yeah yeah exactly you know and some of them are the most simple things yeah that that you can't really write about or you know it's just what it is right okay whoa this is great 
but not made simple. Like, the, the ideas are so crafted to become simple. Yeah, you know the amount of work that goes into it is is exponentially larger to yeah, make yeah. a simple work. Yes. Um, so I, you know, it was the same problem for me in school, basically. But luckily, we had a lot of a lot more studio time. Um, but there was also a lot of studio time at yeah. the Jetland Academy, almost hundred percent. I mean, but I mean, like workshop classes. Oh yeah, where no, we learned nothing. nothing. You know, we had all sorts of facilities and teachers and weird stuff, um, which was also confusing because you know you could do anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what happened after you were done then? After the yeah. after I was done after yeah. the five so years, so you're standing there. You're a, a rubber stamped artist. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Now what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the, fir- the day after my graduation, I got a commission job at the State Museum for Kunst. Holy shit, dude! Yeah. I needed to uh, uh, make some drawings on their cha- on the children department department. There. Out of nowhere. Uh, a- a woman called uh, Mette Strober. Yeah. Uh, she have gotten my name from one of my friends. That's called Marie Römerwest, an artist as well. Oh, she's a filmmaker, right? Yes, yes. She's mm-hmm. a really good filmmaker. I want to get her on the show, actually. Do that. She's yeah. uh, really good. Yeah. She's just back in Copenhagen, so yeah. it's pretty easy. Mm. But uh, Mette Strober, she called me uh, as far as I remember or gave my name to somebody at the State Museum for Kunst and they needed um, an artist that could be I could make some illustrations or drawings directly on the wall for a show that they did, like a child show. Mm. And um, after some meetings, they chose that they wanted to work with me. They had some ideas about they wanted to make some kind of uh, youth for the youth uh, persons and they had some ideas about playing some Nick and Jay music and uh, make some graffiti things and I said this is a horrible idea mm-hmm, that's so, uh, so horrible idea Nick and Jay is and what, I said like, I can, I can they had this small model over the room and they were they have plastered it together with some printed out photos of like some really typical New York kind of graffiti on the walls and stuff like that and then I said it's a horrible idea yeah. I can do it but it's horrible <laughs> And I really want to do something else. Mm. So maybe I should go home and make some sketches for you in a way. And then I come back. And I said, okay, uh, that's fine. And then I did that. And then I came back with some uh, sketches um, that were totally, like had nothing to do with graffiti at all. It was because the, the theme for the exhibition was this thing about, uh, it, it's called, um, what was it called? Uh, the Flower and the Bee was called. It was like a... a child exhibition about love for, for children and and then there was these uh, pieces from the collection and then I should make like a red thread my, my drawings on the wall should be should make a red thread uh, through the whole exhibitions where you entered and then there were Romeo and Juliet in a way of uh, kids mm-hmm. uh, that were and then I made these two kids fighting mm-hmm. and uh, brats and uh, you know it was uh, black, black and white uh, drawings mm. in my style if you can say so and um, that gave me a nice tap on the shoulder, <laughs> I would say so. Yeah, it's really rare to be the day after uh, graduating being asked to do a commission at one of the largest museums in the country. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. But they were also pretty clear. They were like, oh, you have to say that. We have to say that you're not exhibiting here. Right. You're not a part of the exhibition, but you are. You are you're hired uh, as you're, a You're hired as, as a, a person who illustrates the decor, thing yeah. Yeah, yeah and I was like yeah yeah whatever but I'm still writing at my, at my CV because yeah, I'm a, yeah. I was a part of the exhibition fuck yeah totally all, all my images and everything was yeah. a part of the website for the exhibition and everything so why not and it, it also said uh, like drawings made by Anders Reunlau and all that stuff yeah. so 
so that was pretty cool. And then I started uh, to be an aircaster. Right, so, yeah. as we talked about earlier, yeah, yeah, the exactly. uh, the state unemployment yeah. insurance. And um, I, yeah, it's a long time ago. It's 2009 I graduated. And um, I, for a long time, I was, and, and not so much anymore, but for like almost five years and up till some years after the academy, I was totally confused about my focus because I wanted to continue making graffiti. Mm-hmm. But I also, like, I could really feel that, okay, I want to do this other thing, but I can't do both 100% in a way. And it can't go together. It's really, really In, in my hard. opinion. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it can't go together. And at the same time, or some years before, it was really like this uh, new thing happened where people were starting to use their, uh, use um, uh, other names and, and, and being anonymous and all that stuff. And making an art career uh, out of being anonymous in a way. It was the new shit. And I was like, okay, if everybody's doing that, then I'm not going to do it. Mm. I will never use my graffiti name in any art context. I will never use anything that has anything to do with my graffiti uh, visually or anything. Um, I want to separate it. Totally. So do you mean like uh, like who's been now? It's an example of someone who's working anonymously. Uh, he was one of the first guys and... Uh, but there were uh, there were kind of uh, as far as I remember there were, uh, the way I see it there were after those guys that made Buin Brana and all that that was really good. Mm-hmm. There it was natural development for them. But in the in the in the aftermath from that, some other per- person started to develop maybe, and I just thought that okay, um, I could also do that, but I don't want to do that. I want to be an artist that has my own name. And stand up for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know that was my own thoughts about it. And um, then I uh, started to think, but I want to work on walls a- anyway. But it was a really, really long thought process. I was like, okay, what am I? What am I doing? I'm, I've been sitting here at the art academy for five years and thought to myself about being okay. Now you're going to be an artist that's about sitting in the studio and, be, and doing paintings. I, I applied with paintings. So an early uh, state of being at the academy was like, okay, I had this weird idea of what an artist should be like in a way. I don't know why. Oh, it was, and um, then I was sitting there and thinking, thinking, thinking. But at the same time, being out there and painting traditional graffiti and da 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 da, da and like, okay, I don't want to uh, make it together, but I want to separate it. But how can I do that? Okay, I take all the things that I've learned. I take my painting. I take my practice outside instead of, you know, mixing the the ways of working. Hmm. Because I, I really missed that, um, like, direct interaction with people hmm. when I was uh, sitting in the studio or when I was exhi- exhibiting um, and stuff like that. Because so it's about an interaction with people. It's not about an interaction with uh, with uh, nature outdoors. No, uh, not really. It's it's and it's more about the idea that that people get it, it's in their face immediately. Mm. It's outside the institution. There's no middleman or right, anything. Right, there's right, there's right. no economical thing in it. There's no. The, it's just like it's there, and people can say, "Whoa, it's bad," and I can say, "Okay, why do you think that?" You know, I can start the discussion immediately right. when I'm there and uh, working. Right. But when I'm not there. Then it's over. Then people can maybe go out and paint it over if they're angry for, to, uh, about it or anyway. Uh, stuff like that. Or is it also because you can't knock it off and step on it? 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but I, I'm really, I really like the idea that I do something that afterwards it's out of my hands. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm on to the next one and mm-hmm. next one and next one and mm-hmm. next one. And, um, yeah. And what did I say? What a great time I had talking to Anas. And that was just the first half. So sit tight. Look forward to the next half next week. We get to talk about his art space, about curating, and much, much more. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Undergang Armchair. Intro and outro music is kindly provided by Johnny Ripper, and today's interstitial music was provided by The Passion Hi-Fi. You can find links to their music and tons of other conversations with great people on our future visions of a website, undergang.net. If you like the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you'd take a moment to go into iTunes and click on some stars or leave us a review. It'll help new listeners find the show. This program is produced in part with the kind support of the Danish Arts Council. Thank you for joining us.